going from possible to probable to inevitable. Right here, right now, the On Air Brands Live podcast. to the On Air Brands Podcast. We are your wonderful co-hosts, Eric Cabral as usual, Josh Carey, Devin Bravaco. How is everyone out there? Thank you for tuning in and listening. Please like, share, and subscribe with all of your friends and family. It helps us to grow, helps you to grow. Oh, I like that, actually. Wow, it helps yeah. us to grow and you to grow. So it helps them to grow by sharing. Who knew? That's, that's <laughs> how the magic works, isn't it? It is magic. But, uh, yeah, so I teed up the I don't know if I'm live. Oh, so I think I'm the only one here right now. I'm not 100% where everyone went. I wasn't sure if I was live or not, but we can bring in Lizanne. I think Jake has. Yeah, there we go. Hi. I wasn't sure if I was live or not, but it's us. We're here. Yeah, I could I could like see your eyes moving, but then everyone else was frozen. So oh, that's happening, but we're here. <laughs> so I'm excited to have you here. I know that I've seen you obviously as a host um, on Podmax before, but excited to really officially meet you. And oh. here we have our co-host back. No. back. Don't let don't Bye. let me stop you. And don't let come on, go. Continue on, Devin and Lisanne, go ahead. Yeah, so I'm excited, obviously. You were a part of our PodMax events before, and so I've obviously been on the back end, so excited to have you here in person and hear more, you know, exactly like what you do and and, and just kind of banter a little bit. So I'm so excited. I'm so excited to be here, and I love the PodMax brand and what you guys are doing with it, and so really it is an honor to, like, be with the creators of that amazing event today and to uh, bring a bit of, of of my heart and soul to to everything that you guys are doing. So I'm just I'm really excited to be here. Well, I'm glad to uh, see you guys. We're keeping it going. As you see, David GFL in the comments here. He says Devin can carry it, <laughs> carry it alone. Of course she can. 
uh, and it's great to have Lisanne here. Uh, but Eric, you're back. I just want you to pick that up. You were talking about probable to, uh, I mean, from possible to probable to inevitable. Yeah, so the miracle equation, obviously from the catalyst, which was the miracle morning, and all the brands and all the books that came out from Hal Elrod uh, in support of that brand. Now he's coming to talk at our event, which is coming October 16th. So anyone who's wondering what's happening on October 16th, we have our next Pod Max event, which is still open. Registration is still open. I'm not sure when it's closing. Devin can the team can let you know when that happens, but it's soon. And um, we're gonna have Hal Elrod talking about all of the wonderful things that make things from possible to probable to inevitable. And I just wanted to create that as the theme here today. Just wanted to chat about things that happen in our lives, things that happen in our business that went from possible, probable to inevitable, conquering fears, getting into rituals and habits, all the things that we all as entrepreneurs know and uh, understand is the process to getting anything done. So now that we're talking to Lisanne about, you know, PodMax and how, you know, she's become part of the family and she has a wonderful marketing agency and, and podcast, which we're going to get into. Lisanne, is there anything top of mind that that you can think of that goes through that sort of process, possible, probable, and then it just happened, right? Became inevitable. Yeah, it's actually, it's kind of crazy that we're talking today because about a week and a half ago, well, hold on, this actually goes goes much further back. So when I was at Funnel Hacking Live, oh. uh, which was Russell Brunson's oh, event back yes. in February, um, I was listening to Tony Robbins speak and I had this huge realization that I had the wrong morning routine. Mm. And it was a huge hit to my gut because I mean, everyone always talks about how important your morning routine is. And like, I'd never considered that like you could have a, the a wrong, wrong morning line, routine. Yeah. But mm. as I was watching him control the energy of the room, which he's just a master at, at just like, bringing different energies up and down and go helping you go eternal, internal, or external. I mean, it was just absolutely amazing. But I had this realization that like the morning routine that I had before where I got up and I took some time to do some, some deep, deep breathing and some deep thinking work and reading. And it, it put me in like a very calm state, but like almost it, it was a state where it was really hard for me to be productive in my work day. So I would like try to like really focus and like, get stuff done. But it wasn't until after lunch that I like, it took me like all day to get fired up to like really work. And so I realized I have the wrong morning routine. And so right there at Funnel Hacking Live, I said, okay, I, I am going to stop my morning routine until I figure out a better one. So I changed from having this, this morning routine to really having nothing. And so I would like roll out of bed, get up and get going and hit my desk. And like, I was productive and I was getting stuff done and things were moving forward but I was exhausting myself. And so I was like, okay, well, I swung the pendulum way too far. And um, so I've been really trying to figure out how can I have the best morning routine that will help me be productive, but also be centered and be balanced in my life. And about a week and a half ago, I was talking with a friend. And over the last year, I have really been working on my, my nutritional journey. And I, I eat very, very clean. And that's a huge part of my routine. And I was talking to a, my, my friend and she was like, man, I 
am so good at fitness and exercise and I, and I rock that piece of my life, but what's missing is the nutrition. And for me, it was like, if I don't have an appointment with a personal trainer, then like, I'm not going to show up to the gym, you know, like, that's just like not my style. And we were like, what would happen if we moved in together for the next couple of weeks and you helped me food prep and I'll help you Whoa. exercise. This happened like just a, just a week and a half ago. So I was like, yeah, sure. Let's do it. And I I'm single. I don't have a family. So like I was able to just leave my house. And so I'm actually back at my house this morning. I had to like come back to, for, for this interview for like all my studio setup and stuff like that. But so for the last week, I've completely uprooted my life and changed my routines to incorporate more regular physical exercise, help her with her nutrition. I've implemented a mindset routine and the way that I've done it and the way that I've followed her example in the things that I was weak in, because I have like a model every day to do those things. I'm doing them consistently and I'm finally finding a morning routine that works for me and creating my own miracle morning out of that. And so it was something, you know, that I've, it's been in the works for months, right? Where something that I, I saw that it was possible and then having conversations and seeing an opportunity that was probable. Mm-hmm. And now because I really put myself outside of my comfort zone, I mean, and I'm doing like two a day workouts right now where like I'm you know doing CrossFit in the morning and, and working out with my personal trainer in the afternoon. And I'm, you know, just totally shaking my entire life up, but it is becoming inevitable for me to live the type of lifestyle and that I want to. And it's causing it. Oh man, I've had so many insights just in the last week about how I approach my life and how I approach my day and who I want to be and how I need to structure my work to have the lifestyle that I want to have. And it's just, so it's really interesting that that's the focus of today because I am like right in the middle of a social experiment for myself to figure this out. The big thing that stands out from that, besides the fact that you were at Funnel Hacker Live, which is uh, really cool, um, the um, the idea that you had the realization that you were doing the wrong morning routine. Uh, I'd love to hear, short and sweet, what was wrong that you were doing? Yeah, so I think I, I, I was creating the... Uh, I was, I mean, it was a good morning routine and that it was centering me every day, but it was creating an energy inside where I couldn't like tackle my work with, with high energy and confidence. I was just like, I was creating an energy of like Saturday morning, Sunday morning, like all is well in the world, you know? And so like, I, I was just super Zen, which was great, but it was really hard for me to like come into my work and like just hit it, hit it hard and be really, really focused. And so I still need to create that Zen and that calm space in my life, but not first thing in the morning. I think for me personally, like I need to be in a space where like I'm moving my body, I'm doing that physical activity, I'm getting my blood pumping. And then at night I need to do like the Zen centering all is well in the world type activity so that I can rejuvenate um, as I sleep, you know? So it it wasn't that it was like the wrong routine. It was the wrong time for the, Mm. for the right routine. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's so interesting too. And I think a lot of the times, I, I mean, I, I, you know, from COVID, I feel like our routines kind of and changed completely. 
and for myself, it completely changed. And so it takes also like a time to kind of step back and see, you know, if life changes, how do you kind of adjust to it? So I feel like regardless of COVID, like you are kind of adjusting and trying to see what makes the most sense for you, for your business and how to keep that calm, but then also be able to attack. Uh, so it's pretty cool to be able to take a step back and, and really look into it. Yeah, I was actually thinking about this um, on Sunday. I, I'm a religious individual. So when I was sitting in church, I was writing in my journal and I had this thought that like our brain is trained to make as many things habitual as possible, right? Mm -hmm. Like because we have so many stimuli coming into our into our senses all the time that if the brain doesn't learn how to filter things out and just make things normal and so we're not threatened all the time, like we would we would die from stimulus overload. And I think that sometimes our brain does too good of a job at that. And I was thinking about how the opportunity with the pandemic and, and Corona that it gave us, it shook up our routines and it caused our brain to have to completely recalibrate. And those that took advantage of looking inside themselves and saying, okay, what do I need to adjust? What do I need to change in order to be a more productive, more in control human being, or just lose it with like the lack of control that many, the many people feel it just, it created a really interesting opportunity to shake things up. And it caused our brain to not be able to just like put things in buckets like it normally does, you know? And, and, and so, and I think that, you know, the social experiment that I'm personally involved in right now is doing the same thing, right? You know, I literally moved out of my house to, to learn a new, a new skill. And so, yeah, I, I, I think that, what's going on in the world right now, like as, as tragic and difficult as it is, it does create a really, really unique opportunity for us to analyze who we are and what we're all about and who we want to be. And our, our businesses too. Like, I think like it's, sorry, Josh, I think it's no, like, please. it's so interesting too, because to your point, like it's, you're not, it's not your routine that you were kind of in. So you have to be able to adapt to it and see how can you expand your business in different ways? How can you change your routine? How can you change your habits and your business to still kind of continue to grow your business in a time where it's completely different than what you were used to? And so it kind of challenges you as like an entrepreneur or challenges you as an individual to say there's, you know, you're so used to doing X, Y, and Z, but you have to get used to not being able to do X, Y, and Z every day of your life. And so to change that up is it's, it's challenging, but it, it, I feel like it makes you grow in a different way. hundred percent. I totally agree. I wanted to, as we're talking about the idea of going from possible to probable to inevitable, I don't want that to get lost as just a really intriguing soundbite. I want to dissect and unravel either each of those or at least start with the first when we're talking about possible going from possible to probable to inevitable let's let's talk about what that really suggests and how simple that awareness is so going from starting at the first step which is acknowledging the possibility of it isn't that nothing more than just a visualization to know crystal clear of what you want, followed by um, the, the willingness to believe that it's possible that you can, in fact, achieve that? That's the first step. Yeah, I want to highlight what you're saying here, because this is the formula in the book, which the first step is replace fear with faith. So you have to push aside all that is distracting you 
um, from creating all the confidence, all the uh, the faith, basically, that you can do whatever it is that you're you're thinking or imagining you could do and replacing that with the faith that you can do it, that it will happen, that you trust in the process and whatever you want to call your higher being uh, that the universe, whatever it is, is going to work in concert with you, your ideas, your thoughts, and everything that you're trying to accomplish with your goals. So that I love that you brought that up because that is the very first thing that Hal talks about in the beginning is replace your fear with faith. And I feel like, Eric, that almost could be like your heart, the hardest part too, because like when you're stuck in that fear, it's so like, like you're just stuck. Like it's, it alters so much. And then it, you know, it could bring on to like the anxieties and, and you have to really work on like getting your mindset right. And I know we talk a lot about that in um, a lot of episodes and just in general, but it's so true that that I feel like is such, like it's the hardest spot to really realize that it is possible that you can do it, that these things that you're dreaming of are all possible, but it's like, how do you get your mindset right to then kind of move to the next step? Yeah. So many different things, right? We talk about, like you said, on the show all the time. One is what Lisanne's doing is surrounding yourself with people that have that mindset, surrounding yourself with people who are less fearful, you know, people that are constantly putting anything that may be toxic to what you're trying to create. So that that's one step. Another step is what you tune into on your social, what you tune into on the television, the, you know, podcasts, whatever it is that can affect your each and every day that can, can that can really affect your dna and how you move throughout the day so i mean these are all critical you have to set yourself up for success by putting all these pieces in place all the time and being aware of what's around you and getting rid of the negative and getting rid of the toxic and being very aware that what you're putting into your mind and in your body <coughs> is is helpful or if it isn't and if it isn't then it's got to go there's also something intriguing, Eric, on that note that uh, me and you experienced firsthand over the past week and prior to that. And it comes down to sort of like you don't know what you don't know or your belief system is sort of colored by your experience in part against what you can see. What I'm talking about is it might be natural for an entrepreneur to think, I want to make a million dollars or I want to make three million or five million or, oh, my God, 10 million. And that's your that's your big vision, your goal. And great. At some point, that's that's a win. That's that's the next step you should take to to get past the possible. Right. But we've been talking to people who are literally at the eight and nine figure marks. So they're talking like we might talk about one, three, five, seven, ten million. They're talking about I'm at 70 million. I'm going to get to 100, 200. Uh, most of my colleagues are at the one and two billion mark. So you see, it's like the same thing that we're talking about, but in their world, it's just here. So we spent an evening talking to um, one of our colleagues who was at that 70 and 100 plus million mark. And there's something refreshing about it in the sense that when we left, we're like, wow, it's actually possible because we're in the room, we're hearing the words, we're open, we're experiencing it. But really up until that point, it's sort of tough to go from 
one or two million mindset to 70 or 100, right? So it does help to get around the people who are actually living what is possible because it's all possible. It's so true. And that's honestly what Lisanne's doing also. It's like getting your mind in a place that you know that this is possible. And so, you know, what you're saying about changing your morning routine, like I feel like that's so it's so cool and it's such like a cool experiment to then also be able to take it back into your own life. And to your point, Josh, it's really just about putting, you know, who you surround yourself with. And I feel like that's so important in so many different ways. It's just what you think. It's who you're around. It's, it's what the energy that's around you because of who you're surrounding yourself with. And that's huge. A couple of things I wanted to highlight, you know, from the how book uh, is now when we talk about replacing fear with faith, the next step is he talks about moving from resistance to acceptance. So I remember becoming an entrepreneur, you know, several years ago and thinking like, this is going to be hard, you know, putting new habits and rituals into my life. Like how difficult is that? I hear it. I know what I'm supposed to do, but it's, it's just so difficult. Everyone knows it's hard to get out of bed. It's hard to tackle the day and know that it's incremental steps that get you to where you're trying to go. Um, and then eventually you do, when you have the faith, understand that, okay, I, I'm accepting this is part of the process, all of these things that I have to do. And once I accept that, then you can start, it's less resistance, it's less trying to figure it out and just going forward, just like blindly going forward with faith and knowing that, yeah, I'm going to I'm gonna accomplish everything I'm set out to accomplish. So just really quick story here. Um, everything that you're seeing, everything that you're witnessing from on-air brands to PodMax was a thought, right? It was a thought in my mind that eventually I, you know, it was from possible, okay, it's possible. I accept that the idea is it's going to happen someday. It became probable, right? to eventually inevitable. Everything that has happened, everything everything that the lives and the businesses and the people that these brands have touched is all here. So that is the exact culmination that, that fits into the model of the miracle equation, right? From possible to probable to inevitable. So what Josh is mentioning when we were meeting with one of our potential partners, that is some resistance for me personally because it's a new business that is becoming uh, to, to, to evolve, what's starting to evolve from, from these conversations and it's a heavy lift and Devin and Jake and the team don't know yet, but it's creating resistance in my mind. Cause I'm like, Oh my God, we have to build something else. We already built this and Devin you know, and, and all the real estate investors understand and know that, you know, we, we build something. We, sometimes we tear things down and we build them back up or sometimes you build it with not the intention of what you think it's going to be, like say a rental, maybe it's going to be an Airbnb. Maybe it's going to be part of a condo association, who knows, but you don't necessarily have to be committed to that idea from the beginning. It has to evolve, it has to pivot, it has to someday, like you know, we we're talking earlier, what's happening right now, we had to pivot in business. You know, Just knowing that the process is going, you keep moving forward and that if you put these things in place, all that work that you were putting into your life and in your business is just muscle memory, is my point. And then you can just continue to create and build upon what you're continuing to build, what you'll be continuing to put together. So 
I just wanted to highlight some of the things in the book because this is a really good book. I'm not finished yet, but I have been taking notes. And he does mention like letting go of emotions, turning off stress and your response to stress. So I don't know, Josh, do you have any thoughts on like how you respond to stress and how you deal with it? Because I'm, I'm always struggling with it. Meditation is one of my things that like really thank goodness for what's happening with um with with what's happening with being on the lockdown and everything because now i'm like holy crap i finally in implemented meditation uh, which i was always yeah. hesitant to do well dealing with stress is a whole entire other conversation <laughs> that simply goes to the fact and and i i love that you brought this up because i am aware of this uh side note i've been consuming a lot of dr joe dispenza's youtube videos if you're a fan you know what i'm talking about if you're not look into dr joe dispenza he talks about all the scientific uh, thoughts behind everything we're talking about and so much more. It, it's absolutely fascinating how your thoughts can make you sick and therefore how your thoughts can make you well and everything in between. But one of the things that he talks about and I could understand is so much of our reactions that lead to stress is habitual. Something happens before we know it without our conscious control. We're worked up. We're stressed. We're feared. We're angered. We're scared out of our minds where whatever that emotion of stress is and looks like it's more often than not habitual. So one of the things you that that I do is is first it 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 starts with a sense of awareness. You have to know what gets you worked up so you can begin to acknowledge acknowledge when it happens or acknowledge that it is about to happen and you don't have to respond in the same way. It takes a little bit of acknowledgement of awareness and, um, and, and, uh, uh, um, uh, habit to put in place, but eventually you start to reverse what your body is reacting to. It's a slow and steady process, but it all starts with awareness of what your body is going through and why it's going through it and a desire to, to change that in your mind. You know, Josh, that brings up so like, I have so many thoughts on that. And, and one thing, you know, obviously a lot of, you know, my story, but like a lot of it was, you know, Justin went away, my fiance went away to rehab and then my whole life changed while he was in rehab. I found my faith and then we quit our jobs and we started a business. And so during all of that, like I could write a book on each day individually because my thoughts were all over the place. And I was trying to like grasp like what was happening, what, 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 I, who I was, what was going on in my life with Justin or my life individually, or then we started a business. And so trying to like put all of those together and figure out exactly what to do to move forward. It was it, it's so challenging in so many different ways but now I look at it and like I realize like I was like so focused on like exactly what I needed to do that day and then all of a sudden everything shattered and it like broke me down completely and so what you're saying is so interesting because like dealing with stress is like you you almost like like for me like I would hold it in for so long and then it just like completely left and I was like all right and so me and my my best friend were talking yesterday and she's like Devin just think of like the past four years for you you had like this life that you thought and now that your life now is like 110 percent different than what you ever had imagined 
And so now it's like Justin and I work for our business full time and it's now, you know, he's sober. I have, you know, I am sober as well. And we just haven't, it, it's just like so interesting. And so what you're saying is like stress just affects so many people in so many different ways and to be able to kind of dissect it and to then move forward is it's huge. Can I hop in here with a yeah, with yeah, an experience it. really quick? Yeah, please. So I, I love, first of all, I love this conversation. And, and this is, you know, understanding your stress and dealing with it is very real because I think stress is one of the one of the things that keeps us from transferring fear into faith, you know. And and I've always looked at you know, whenever you talk, especially in a religious sense, you know, they always they always say, like, where there's faith, fear cannot be there, and, and they make it binary. And I think the reality of this world is that it's more like a sliding scale, you know, where it's like fear and faith, because they're opposites, they will always coexist to some extent. But if you're sliding on that scale, like how much faith and how much fear are you dealing with? Because there's all that uncertainty is always going to bring a measure of, of fear. And stress is a huge, huge thing that contributes to the fear. So something I did last year, it's funny, I guess I'm I'm more into social experiments than I than I'd like to admit. But last year, I was like, I I was talking to um, this this gentleman, and I and I realized that I was actually addicted to stress. Mm. Like people would ask me, like whenever people would say, "Hey, how's it going, Liz?" and I'd be like, "Oh, I'm great," but whew, man, I'm just I'm busier. I'm stressed. Yeah. And then, what are you stressed about? And when I realized that like, this was like right when I quit my corporate job, when I realized I had nothing to say anymore about what I was stressed about, Oh man! but I was still saying that I was stressed. I was just like, self-check was saying you have a problem. And so I actually, I hired a stress coach. And one of the activities that he had me do is he said, oftentimes when we're stressed, it's about things that we have an emotional attachment to, like whether it's a relationship or money or our business. And he's like, you, to understand your stress, you have to analyze it in a less emotional situation. So he's like, here's what I want you to do. I want you to take a cold shower for 30 days. <laughs> and like, he, he's, he's like, how does that make you feel? Like, even I just say that and I'm just like, Ugh, like terrified, like who wants to take a cold shower? Like, I mean, you know, you always hear about the benefits of that, but like who sure. actually does it? Right. Um, and <laughs> Josh does, of course, Josh does. <laughs> but when, when I first heard that, I was like, okay, well, that's not my favorite, but I, I'm up for the challenge. And so my, when I first started, I was like, okay, my goal is to love cold showers as much as I love hot showers. So but I was terrified of the showers. Like I would literally like, I knew I had to take one every day, but I would wait till like 1145 PM every night to shower because, and I would just like, just hold it off. And, and I realized, and I started realizing it like when I was more tired, when I was more spent, the showers were more painful. So I was like, okay, the night is not doing well for me. And I also helped me help me learn about my stress, right? That like I'm more stressed when I'm tired and when I'm spent. And so I was like, okay, I'm going to shower in the morning. So I showered in the morning and it got a little bit better, but like, I still didn't love it. And it was at about shower 15 where I said, all right, I need to change my goal. I need to like, not be, I need to not try to love the cold shower. Like I do the warm shower, but I, I, I bet I can be neutral about it mm -hmm. because what I realized is that joy is just an extreme emotion as pain and as fear. Sure. They're both extreme. 
right? And it's difficult to change your emotion from a, from a place of extremity. So I was like, what would happen if I tried to be neutral about something so I could really choose? Because it's when you're neutral that you can choose your emotions. So something just incredible happened where I was just like, I'm just going to be chill about a cold, about no pun intended, chill about a cold shower. I was just like, it is what it is. It's not that it's good or bad. It's, it just is. And like, as soon as I changed my, and I reframed my mindset around it, all of a sudden, like showers 15 through 30 were like piece of cake. Mm. And I realized the power of doing hard things when you're not tired. I realized the power of neutrality and that that's the place where you can choose your emotion. And I think so many times we come into uh, relationships that are important to us or work that's important to us at, at a heightened, not at neutrality, not at just, I'm just going to get in there and get it done, make it happen. But we come in with this nervous energy, right. That then transfers to that stress. Right. And, um, and so I was really grateful to practice, um, managing my stress and reframing how I think about a situation in a non-emotional situation, like a cold shower, which, I mean, let's be honest, I was really emotional about it in the beginning, but it really taught me a lot about my stress, uh, through, through that experience. And, and the, like you say, Josh, I love how you said, like the first thing you have to do is have an awareness. And that, mm. that, that 30 day experiment was just a huge awareness campaign for myself. There's another key point here that you you went through. Why day 15, didn't you just say, you know what, I'm done. I can't do this. You, the point I'm bringing up is we have to find our why, our reason, our motivation. You could have given up. You could have said nothing to this. I don't want to do this anymore. I'm stopping. So really, what was it that allowed you to say, I'm going to continue on, which brought you to find the way you can continue on. Yeah, I love that question. And I'm really grateful you brought it up because I thought about the same thing when Eric was talking about the difference of resistance to acceptance. So there's a small book called The Dip by Seth Godin. It's an amazing book. If you haven't read it, it's like you can read it in a Sunday afternoon. It's like really, really yeah. an easy read. But he talks about how whenever we start something new, we just have this natural innate excitement to get it going. And so it's easy to push harder than we normally would in that phase. Mm -hmm. But what always happens is we go into what he calls the dip where like it's not fun anymore and it really stinks. And that's where most projects die is in the dip where it's just like, I can't do this anymore. Like I'm out, whether it's like the shower thing or a business idea or whatever, like exercising. You know, any sort of yes. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> oh yeah. Podcasting. Right. <laughs> and he talks about how those, those that succeed are those that make it through the dip. But if they can make it through the dip, then where they end up is way higher than even the energy that they started the product, mm -hmm. the project with in the first place. And whenever I approach anything, I always come at it from the mindset of the dip that like mm. it's going to happen. Yes, right. it is. It, it's not that like it's the wrong thing to do. Right. Or like I must stop. And it's, and I'll be honest, like during that 30 days, I did a live every day and I talked about my insights from my showers every day, which was kind of a funny, awkward thing. It's like talking yeah. about my showers on Facebook exactly. all day. Yeah. <laughs> but I cannot tell you how many people were like, this is ridiculous. Just stop. Like, it's not worth it. You know, like it, <laughs> they're telling uh, you <laughs> right. exactly. Yeah. But I, in my mind, I was like, you know, 
And I also know that the dip is not permanent. And so I just kind of have a rule for myself. Like if I really am dedicated to something that like, I have to at least make it through the dip before I make a choice to abandon something or not. That's fantastic. Not only is that fantastic, what you just brought up is also, let's consider what you just said. And we all acknowledge the ridiculousness of it in this context. You're taking cold showers. I don't care, right? I, I'm still warm and like whatever to me, it makes no difference to me. But yet people were telling you, oh, stop it, stop it. And when you said that, we all acknowledged, oh my God, that's ridiculous. But that's exactly what happens with our ideas, with our businesses, with our with our motives and, and our thoughts and everything that we allow people to have that say. And my goodness, more often than not, I think that we buy into it and we wind up agreeing with them. But this is a fantastic example of something that was legitimate to you. And it's so ludicrous that in, in that context, people were saying, stop it, stop it. So we see it in that regard, but we don't see it in any other regard. It's so yeah. true. Uh, sorry, Lisanne. I, no, I just wanted to jump in with some more of the, the cause I love that tying this theme into the book because there's so many highlights in the book which are aligning with what we're talking about here in order, which is weird. So like uh, overcoming your limitations to unlock your limitless potential. So I'm going to say that again, Over, overcoming your limitations to unlock your limitless potential is what we're getting at here. So people are saying, hey, Lisanne, what are you doing with those cold showers? You know, I would never do that. What, they don't understand the reasons why. But this is kind of and talking about overcoming your limitations. These minor goals that you're accomplishing each and every day are setting something in your mind subconsciously to say, I can conquer that. I've done that. I ate the frog, so to speak. I've done the hard part early in the day. I, I, I do the cold showers too. And I, I have to say in the winter times, it's the worst. I do it every single morning. I've been doing it for, I don't know, a year or so. The summers, my water's not that cold. I don't. It's, it's true. It's, it's so true. Kinda, yeah. It's like, it's like kind of cool. <laughs> right. But, right. But yeah. yeah. And the winters, it's the worst. Right. But the thing is, I, I do it because Tony Robbins told me to do it. And he also said the reason that he says we should do it or his, his idea behind it is, you're telling your brain that you are in control of your body. Correct. So you're sending a signal to your brain that like, no, I got this. You don't right. control me. And I suffer from like chronic back pains and migraines whenever I'm stressed. So it's kind of like a good exercise each and every day to remind myself that, no, I control this. I control everything here. You're not going to take over and control me. So I think that's really, really critical. And so the, what are the next, it, unless anyone has something to add, I was just going to go through some of my notes on, on the, on the book. Anyway, okay. I mean, cold showers, but anyway, uh, so developing emotional invincibility was another thing. So like, I think if we're always doing these little things each and every day, we're creating that bulletproof vest of ours so that when we are faced with danger, when we are faced with something that's sort of terrifying we have this callus we've have this fortress built around us so that now every challenge that you come you face every you know you level up you can take more on you can take more and more and more same thing with like training for marathons or uh, ironman or whatever it is you can't just wake up, roll out of bed, never, you never did one of these before and then participate, right? It takes training. It takes, it takes waking up early. It takes routines 
It's the same exact thing with business. You have to create this muscle, this energy, this confidence in yourself that you can do that. And then when you accomplish it, you're like, holy crap, look what I did. What's next? What's next? So exciting. The um, thing that came to mind when you talk about developing a callus was the, the book I read probably a year ago, Can't Hurt Me by David Goggins, incredible book. Uh, he talks about that whole thing. It, that, that in and of itself is a spectacular book for, for all kinds of reasons. That's like the living with um, living with yeah. the seal. And I feel like, Lisanne, you should, I don't know if you've read that. Those, <laughs> if you haven't, you should either write a book on your social experience or read those because those are amazing from Jesse Itzler. Well, I haven't read that, but that's like, it's funny. It's the second time that name has come up for me this week. So I, I must, I must be, yeah. able, I must need to read it. So you that's know, good. You, know, that's you good. know what's cool about your situation, San, is that anything that you find, maybe you're not, you know, whatever your weaknesses are, you can find someone who's strong in that and be like, Hey, come on in. You know, like this is like this incubator basically for you and for them. And then you could, those would be chapters in a book or a blog where you document how you've been leveling up by putting these experts into your life um, by literally living with them. Because, you know, I have these people, they're around me, they're in business, they're on text or phone, but I'm not living with them. That'd be so cool to have that Do you want me option. to move in? Yeah, but <laughs> yeah, sure, I guess. But <laughs> If it helps. It makes it jo hard. Josh will, Josh will take a cold shower with you, okay? <laughs> That's a commercial for no something. Have the no camera doubt. zooms out, and I'm like, you know, soaping up your back. With, I don't know. <laughs> oh, my gosh. On the next episode on Airbnb. <laughs> Too soon. <laughs> so, Lisanne, what is the um, reiterate this for us? You, I didn't realize you are living. Somebody is living twenty four seven with you. Somebody has moved in. So I actually moved in with my friend. So she she has a she's married and has a family, whereas I I'm still single. Um, yeah. So I I moved into their house for for the last week and for another week to to adopt her. Um, physical regimen and her fitness regimen. And then for me to help her learn how to meal prep nutrient dense food. So it was kind of a, it, it was just a fun and she lives like 10 minutes away, you know, it's, it's not like this like wow. huge, like upturned thing, but it's, it's different, you know, cause it's a totally different environment. And, and Have you I, agreed, really going into it, did you agree on this is going to happen for two weeks or three weeks or one week or four weeks? Have you agreed on a time frame? Yeah. So we, when we started, we said two weeks. So, okay. and I, I'm not sure. I, I, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, we, we've talked about potentially doing it longer because yeah. we've had a really great time in, in I, this week, but yeah. yeah. I don't know if this is, this is something, but when you said it before and you're saying it again, it feels like there's an app that needs to exist for this. Like, <laughs> like who wants to, you know, I, I can provide this, you provide, I'm looking for someone who can provide that or, oh, and, and then oh. you match and then you move in together for, for a week's time or two weeks time. And you're vetted, I love it. just like it's with like Airbnb. What's that yeah, show just, called Wife Swap almost? Like it's like something like kind of off of that. I don't know if yeah. Airbnb, so it can be like habit BNB. Yes, I mean, build I mean, a think habit BNB. Everybody creates a profile. You put your strength or your strengths like I can motivate yes. you to exercise 
constantly. I can cook and help you stick to a diet. I can help you launch your business. I can help you focus on the finances of your business. I can help you create a website or, or just create or, or uh, build a tree house or whatever it is, a hobby, a business, a, a lifestyle. And then somebody goes on there and they're like, oh my God. And then I see what you can provide because it's, it's both ways. Yes. Right? It has to go You're both all, ways. It has to be both ways. Or else ways. it's going to be a paid service. Right. Or yeah. Right. Exactly. So it's not just me coming to live with you for a week, giving you X, Y, and Z. I have to find the perfect match where in return, while living with you, um, I, I, I get something in return. That's a fan. And, yep. and then we live together for a week and then uh, Netflix Let, produces it and buys it. And it's uh, let's it's, take the, the Goggins uh, <laughs> example. So yeah. so when Jesse Itzler brought David Goggins into his world, right? I don't know what Goggins' personal brand it even existed prior to him doing this, but that True. was the win-win because then Itzler expanded his, his whole life blew up and changed everything yeah. in his life, and you know, a hundred x to his business and and. Goggins created this massive brand as a result of that book and like being aligned with Itzler and all this mm -hmm. stuff. Now I almost would think that more people know about David Goggins than Jesse Itzler. Would would, would you agree, Devin? I mean, it seems like he's massive now. And, and, and I, mean, was, I think that was the catalyst, right? Was hanging out with Itzler for months. Oh, I mean, I'm sure. I mean, how yeah. could you how could you not? Um I mean, I don't know, like, because David Goggins, when they, when Jesse found him in the book, it says like Jesse found him basically, like he was running and he had broken. I think it was like two ankles, two knees, right. and he was still running a marathon. And Jesse yes. picked him up, being like, "Hey, come live with me for a month or however long it was." And they they talk about like Sarah being there and and wow. being like, "Who's this guy that you just brought to my house?" Like <laughs> with kids and and. Um, it's very interesting, but then he also does like living with the monks and he goes and lives with the monks for, I think it was also like a month too. So it's very interesting. And, uh, and now he has, I don't know if you guys follow him, obviously, you know, that I'm obsessed and follow him a lot. Um, but he has a raw vegan chef that he now has living with him. Oh, so he's, oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. So wow. he has like these, this raw vegan chef with her boyfriend who actually drove an RV to their house and is living in their house in an RV in their driveway. <laughs> oh, they're so, living really in their driveway. Wow. Yeah. That's so great. Yeah. That's so great. Uh, it's so many, so many things we could continue talking about that, but I wanted to get back into and also highlight something that uh, one of our tribe here, Jeff, is chatting about here. Let's let's show that up on the screen. There's a couple of things Jeff said. Yeah. Well, he asked if we were talking about... Um, Yes. Yeah. What I did ask uh, Lisanne about this. What kept her through the, the the second half of the cold showers and the need for? And we spoke about the dip and. Yeah, but yeah. I wanted to talk a little bit. So he said it's not just people, but you know, music inspires Jeff, which is great. I, I love that. It's so true. Music is is critical to my every day. Um, I can't imagine my life without music. I always look at them as like bookmarks in the in chapters mm. in, in in your book of life. Because when you listen to something, it brings back a memory, a feeling, a smell, a person, something in your life where it's like, boom, it just triggers that automatically. And then also it can inspire the heck out of you um, to get you rolling out of the bed. And thanks for that, Jeff. Appreciate that. Um, I wanted to share something and do something kind of cool. And, and for those of you who 
missed the beginning of the show, October 16th, PodMax is coming again. And we have dozens of people that are attending. Um, not until, so dozens, do, dozens and dozens of people when we're talking about podcasters and, 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 and everyone else that's participating. So we, we really, really are excited to have you in because we're going to share all sorts of things. We have, you want to talk a little bit about um, Matt and Joe Fear and the, um, the Hustle and Flow chart guys? And then I'm going to talk about a little bit more about how. Sure. So uh, PodMax, as you know, is an all-day experience where you get to come in and record as a guest on three top shows relevant to your industry. In between the recordings, we have a masterclass, plenty of networking, and the keynote this time around provided by Hal Elrod. Uh, so the masterclass that Eric was talking about, we have Joe Fear and Matt Wolf of the uh, co-hosts of Hustle and Flow Chart. And if you're not familiar with it, they just passed 300 episodes in such a such a popular, powerful, incredible show in and of itself. But they are they are a lesson in how to how to produce great content, how to monetize the content, how to deliver the content far and wide. So they're going to deliver our masterclass session, as which is part of every PodMax, and this time they're filling that role. So it's going to be 60 Minutes with Joe and Matt. Um, basically telling you as a podcast guest how to get the most out of your appearances. So yeah, you go on the shows and you record 45 or 60 minutes of an episode. And what do we do? More often than not, that's it, right? We sit patiently for the host to release it, and then we might share it on social and feel good about it, maybe get some emails. But is that as far as it can go? The answer is no. Joe and Matt in this action-packed hour are going to deliver so many specific tangible ways of what you can do with the content before, during, and after all of your appearances. And that's just one hour of the eight-hour day that just flies by. That is PodMax. Yeah, so so we figured out this formula, and Lisanne can attest to this. And those of you who love and know Lisanne, she's going to be there with us on October 16th. We're so happy and honored for you to be participating in our events. Lisanne, uh, thank you for that. Uh, but, you know, like we mentioned, Hal Elrod throughout this show, he's he, he's a brother from a, another mother, as I love to say, uh, that I'm so excited to be bringing to the table here. We're going to get to know and, and, and share some of his ideas and strategies and even his story about how he came up and how, you know, he, he survived a fatal car accident uh he was he was gone <laughs> for about six to seven minutes so Isn't we'll chat crazy? a little bit about that when he came back to life uh obviously makes sense now the miracle morning but i just wanted to try something here jake um where i can actually oh it's not working is it gonna work i was gonna try to share uh my screen oh well i gotta i gotta test drive this later i was gonna do it on the fly i was gonna do it live but uh Oh, wait, maybe. Maybe it'll work. I just wanted to share an image of, yeah, here we go. It's going to work. I think it's going to work. You guys let me know. Share. Oh, well. I was just going to share an image and a quote from from um, mm. from Hal, which which is, you know, the miracle equation and everything we've talked about and, and, and get us a little excited about this. I'll test drive it next time. Apologies for all of you driving in your car and listening to this podcast. Uh, yeah, because visuals aren't usually the best. But 
Thanks for tuning in. The Miracle Equation, Hal Elrod will be with us October 16th. And we're going to be there in full force to take care of you, get you on podcasts, as Josh said. You get to meet wonderful people like Lisanne and, and Devin, who's always super busy, but still engaged and ready to have a conversation with you offline, especially if your name is Di uh, uh, Dr. David G. And um, yeah, we're, we're, we're looking, looking forward to any last thoughts, any ideas that you want to share before we part ways, Lisanne, Devin? Well, this has just been a blast and 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 really refreshing uh, way to do to do this show and and I just I love everything that we've talked about and we're we're talking about real stuff you know this is this is yeah. the real heart of of the matter in terms of of why we do what we do and and how we how we approach our lives and our relationships and our work and so I've just really appreciated being a part of this so thank you so much for having me. And thanks you. for putting it that way, because really what it all comes down to is everything we are talking about starts with a desire to to do it. You have to find the desire to to take the action in, in, in whatever step that is and make it happen. Awesome. All right, folks. Well, that's it for us. Thanks for tuning in. Please like, share, and subscribe as usual. Let everyone know uh, we're here. We're, we're just always honored and ready to share some of our thoughts. And hopefully we'll see you again next week, same time, same channel, Wednesdays at 11 here on Facebook. And also you can find us on every podcast platform, iTunes, Spotify, all that great stuff. We'll see you soon. Thanks. You are now tuned in to the On Air Brands Podcast. Hello, this is Josh McCowan, CEO of Viva May Hospitality and the beautiful Renault Resort Winery. I have to tell you, the secret's out. And the secret is On Air Brands. On Air Brands Creative Agency, which specializes in launching podcasts, transforming live events into live streaming events, and social media marketing soup to nuts. On Air Brands has changed the game. There'll never be a day from here forward when you and I and our companies don't need to be on the air. Every brand needs to be on the air, but so few know that. So it's great to work with a group that are ahead of the curve and to find a company that has been built on the core foundation of the future of marketing. If you're ready to broadcast your brand like they've done for my brands, take the next step and make a change that can transform your business, reach out to On Air Brands today. That's onairbrands.com. Yes, onairbrands.com.